Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about the V word. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I love it. Explicit rating on this one? No, I don't think so. (laughs) I doubt it. Uh, Cool. So uh, we've both uh, independently been thinking about this with our mailing lists and customers lately. And the V word is vision. Vision. What did you think it was, listeners? (laughs) Get your minds out of the gutter. The ambiguity of words is a huge impediment to learning. And this word seems to have taken on a mantle of BS that is unprecedented in the vocabulary, the English language. It's weird that we need to talk about it, I think, because if you think about the definition of the word, it's really obvious what it means. And yet people will go to sit down to like, write down, I have to write down my mission statement? They said I have to write down my my, my vision statement? Mission ties into this too, but I have to sit down and write down, like, what's my vision? I don't have a vision. What am I going to do? And it's like, yeah, actually, you probably do have a vision and you probably do know what the word means. And it's really nothing woo woo or freaky or scary about it. Well, I think there's also, you know, vision shame um, (laughs) that people feel like if it doesn't immediately come to mind that somehow they're just um, they're not good. There's shame around not having a clearly articulated vision. So, yeah. So I think we need to help people through that. Yes. Where do you think this kind of confusion comes from? Well, in my own experience, I think it comes from corporate speak that a lot of us were exposed to over the years. In, in my earlier consulting days, you know, I would go out to visit clients and I'd sit in the lobby, you know, while I waited for somebody to come get me. And there was always something. If it, it wasn't necessarily a plaque on the wall because that would be too permanent, but they would have like these little signs. Oh, the irony. Yeah, yeah. They would have these little signs and sometimes they'd be like on a little holder, like a little stand and it would say, you know, our mission is to delight our customers and satisfy our shareholders and make this a happy place to work. Something like that. So general to be worthless. Yeah. So I think a lot of us, yeah, I only spent a teeny tiny time as an employee inside a big corporation. I spent more time consulting to them, but it seems like so many of them, especially if they go through some kind of a big change, like a new CEO or some kind of new product line, they go through this exercise with all of their people and they have these meetings and they talk about what's our vision, what are we trying to do? And it may not go all the way down to the shop floor, but certainly it goes through the management and director levels. And it's, you sit around looking at yourself going, what, we're doing this? Yeah. I have the same experience, a short time in corporate, Fortune 50 retailer, and it was the same thing. It was just like, it's some combination of meaningless, impossible to remember, uh, nothing you can use to base a decision on. I mean, it doesn't rally the troops. It's too too broad, too vague, too squishy, too poorly defined. I agree. I think that's where you know, whatever, maybe there was a movement in the 80s and, you know, all management consultants were like, there was probably some thought leader guru that was like, oh, you know, you need a vision. And and they might have had a good idea and a good point, but then it intersected with the kind of committee decision-making culture and, and a leadership vacuum. And it turned into this word salad that doesn't do anything other than pad the pockets of top-tier consultants. So So let's demystify it especially for soloists who don't have a committee of people that they need to please. 
for me, this is just my brute force definition of vision, it's your vision for the future. It's the way the world could be if your big idea comes to fruition. It's it's an animating force. We'll talk separately about like whether you go on the mission to achieve the vision or you just define the vision and other people go on the mission. But to me, all it is is imagining a world, in my case, where people aren't billing by the hour anymore. They're not trading time for money and it'll, it's going to be a huge boost to the wealth creation of both the buyers and sellers in professional services. A world in which there's no hourly billing. That's my vision. It's not complicated. It doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't have to be about, oh, we're going to be the, we're going to be the, our vision is to be the leader in customer service. It's not about you. It's about the world. What's your vision for the world? In my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. I keep on accidentally saying mission because they're so closely related, but they're not the same thing. So to, to me, mission is is the sort of public commitment that you are going to evangelize or do take action in the world to try and make the vision a reality. So if you imagine, if you take the two words visionary and missionary, I hope that most people are going to see those as two very different types of people. Like a Catholic missionary didn't invent or envision Catholicism or heaven like somebody else did that, but they're on the mission, they're on a mission to achieve this vision that has been provided to them. And you could could be the other way around. Somebody like like say Ray Carswell, who believes that in 2040 humans are going to be uploading themselves to computers. He's got this vision of the future. He may or may not be doing anything about it to actually make it happen. He goes around and does talks and stuff, and maybe that's part, maybe that's his evangelizing or his, his missionary role, but or certainly it might not be that he sees himself as a missionary. He's probably like, look, this is going to happen. I, <laughs> I don't have to do anything. It's just going to happen. And I'm just telling you so you can prepare for it. So they're separate, but I think in the in a world of like a soloist authority business, it's a committee of one, so you don't have to fight with anybody about it. It's like, what? how do you see the world being a better place? Like, what's the better world that you can imagine and then what are the, and then the mission would be to commit to taking steps toward achieving that and you know leading the others hey everybody there's that see that vision the the castle on the hill that we could all be living in let's go over there i don't know how to get there but we'll figure it out mhm i agree with your definition of vision and i think i would just add to it um a lot of times when i'm working with clients and we're trying to figure out positioning and and brand identity one of the things I'll say to them is, you know, what's your vision for the business? So the, the vision, as you describe it, is this overarching world that you want to create. And then, and then the sub piece of that is what's the vision? And this is a very, obviously, it's a personal thing, but what's the vision for your business? Because sometimes they're, they can't identify the big vision yet, but they know what they want to create in the business. So we could talk about different ways to get there. But when I find people stumble with the big V question, <laughs> I, go, I go to the little V question, which is, where do you want to take your business? And, and it's not just about, I want it to be uh, $2 million in revenue in two years. I want to hire employees or I don't want to hire employees. I want to write a book. You know, it's, it's more than that. It's about what is it that you want to create with your business. And so I, I can use that sometimes to really get the, the wheels turning on the big V. Right. Yeah. You can have like an internal and an external. 
I mean, the the internal one is is not the same as a business objective, but I usually talk to people about their objectives for their business using that word, and the vision is is a little bit more uh, other focused. It's world focused, and your objectives might be. But you're right. If somebody was looking far enough ahead, I suppose that's the problem. A lot of people I work with don't dig. They're like five years ahead. Are you kidding me? So it's more like they think in one to three year chunks and we just set business objectives for those one to three year chunks and, and they're big business objectives and they're not and they're not just well, I went of ten million dollars in the bank. But you're right, it is it is very vision like they're picturing they're using the vision in their mind, they're picturing a future way that the business will be. Like what are the components of your business in the future? I totally agree with that. The big V and little V, I, I like that distinction. Well, I think the other thing is when you say, here's, it's a little thing that I do is I I use the word vision when I do that because it allows people, especially people who are really analytical and sort of self-editing to go, oh, vision. So this could be anything. Well, yeah, it could. I mean, you know, if you, if you can dream it, you can achieve it potentially. So it's, it's that getting people to think outside of just the, uh, this is what I need in revenue. Okay, so let's imagine that you got that amount of revenue and things are turning, now what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, <laughs> right. yeah, it is It is different. The b- vision for your business is different than business objectives. Business, and I think a lot of this stuff is kind of, it's has a lot to do with the time scale that you're thinking on. I mean, values is a longer, I think the longest time scale. I don't even want to talk about values. It gets so weird. But values is the kind of stuff that no matter what business you're in, you wouldn't, you're not going to change. Like people should be treated with dignity, you know, stuff like that. Like for your entire life, you, you know, your values are probably set when you were little and they're not going to change. And, the, and then you can apply certain aspects of those. Again, I'm talking about a solo business here. And those are just a foundation on which everything rests. They certainly of all the things, they change the least often. Then big V vision for like the dent you want to make in the universe, the difference you want to make in the world, all of that sort of big picture lofty stuff. To me, that's like that can be like career long timescale. That could be 20, 30, 40 years. It could be 10 years. It could be 15 years. It's like if the vision, you could achieve it. Who knows? It depends on how big your vision is. But it should be big enough that you're not changing it like twice a decade. That would be weird. I go back to your point earlier, which is there was a time piece of this, because when you're first starting out in business, a lot of it depends on how you got there. Like when I started my first business, I got there because of the things that I saw in big firm consulting that weren't working. So when I started that business, I actually did have a vision. I didn't have one when I started my second one in quite the same way. So it, I think a lot of that depends on where you are. And there's nothing wrong with getting started by saying, I want to get out of this corporate life and I want to start being the master of my own fate. And I'm going to rest it based on my skill sets at thing, (laughs) to use the Jonathanism, my skill sets at thing um, for this audience. And, And that can be enough when you're starting. It's not enough to continue if you want to grow a sustainable business that is at some point you're bringing in leads organically without having to go out and slay dragons every day. Yeah. So we were talking about that a little bit before the show. I, I suppose it's implied with the uh, the entire conversation, but a lot of people are kind of like flummoxed when it comes to 
coming up with a vision and they're like, well, do I really need one or I don't need one? I think having one that's really clear makes your life a lot easier. I don't think you certainly do not need to have a clearly defined vision in order to like hang out a shingle. That's, that's probably obvious, but it really does make things easier. You know, it, it makes you easier to understand. It will sort of trickle down into your business objectives and the strategies you use to achieve those objectives, which then trickle down into your tactics. It really helps filter out distractions and keep you focused on moving the ball down the field, so to speak. Like you've got, you've got a picture that you're working toward, which is so different than like being like, I'm just trying to pay the bills. I'm just trying to make money. I'll take any kind of client. I don't really care who the client is. Uh, not, you're not thinking about building things. You're just sort of looking down at your feet and like trying to, trying to, my playing basketball with a blindfold on analogy. It's like, you can work up a sweat, but you're probably not going to score any points. When I work with a, a, a new coaching student, I, it's one of the things in the dossier. I'm like, you know, do you have this, this big, do you have this big animating force, you know, vision for the future? And most of them are like, no. I'm like, all right, that's cool. We can, we can think about it. Sometimes after working with them for a while, it becomes clear to me that they do have a vision because it's just not obvious to them, but they do have this motivating, like they believe that certain things should be a certain way. And I'm like, well, dude, that's your vision. Like you believe that it should be, you know, whatever small teams should be able to build world-class software with inexpensive tools and whatever. It's like certain people are like, after I work with them for a little while, I'm like, you're trying to build a future. Like we could probably put words on that. It's especially obvious when you get someone who's uh, you focused, you know, like other focused instead of self self-centered, not, not in a bad way, but just like me focused and be like, well, every, look, look at all these projects that you've been doing. You believe certain things, you know, Google is evil and the data, they're stealing our data. I can think of different people who I've worked with who very much act like they have a vision, but they've never um, put words to it or articulated it to themselves. But after a while, it's kind of like, you totally have a vision. There's another way to use vision um, that I use a lot in, in brand work, which is your vision is the story you tell about where you're going. Because you can do it in a way that's not me-focused. There's a little bit of a why under there. So what is it about this future state? And and what what is the story? Now, I'm thinking there's a, a financial advisor I worked with, and you know he was talking about how he realized that when he... He works with a lot of families and he transforms or changes their relationship with money. And he said, you know, I finally realized that when I help one family, it doesn't just change their outcomes. It changes the generations that come afterwards. It tra literally transforms every single generation because you inherit a lot of these messages from your family of origin when it comes to money. And so he, he wound up using that as as the key and it's a it's a personal motivation for him because he realized oh yeah it's not just Sally and Joe but it's little Pete and and little Angela that are are going to be changed and if you're in that kind of business long enough you meet the kids right you know them you probably again if you're in it long enough you meet the grandkids and you can see that so it's I mean that there's a there's a piece of vision in that it's the definition that I, I recently emailed the list about this. And the definition that I pulled from uh, the Google was <laughs> something like a visionary is someone who uses creativity and wisdom to envision 
a better future and what that would look like. And I really dug that. It's not necessary that they are then going to like strap on their sandals and walk across Nigeria. It's it. They might, but that's a separate thing. They're using imagination and wisdom to envision a better future. I'm like, mm, okay. And so that better future to, to map that to the big V, little V, the better future for the world or the community that the person is focused on serving. Uh, but it also could be a vision for the, the better, uh, the business, the better vision for the business could be for, I mean, you could have vision for all different things, but. Well, and, and that wisdom, the reason I like that word so much is, well, creativity too, but it's very personal. We talk a lot about your brand of genius. That's what we're talking about is your particular style of wisdom because everybody has different, a different sort of wisdom to bring to the table. Yeah. It's, you know, from different life experiences, you end up with a different worldview and all that. You know, I was thinking uh, of the visual of um, the Wizard of Oz movie where it goes from black and white to color. That's sort of like what it is. Like once you figure that out, it's everything looks brighter and more distinct the fuzziness is gone and you're adding color. Yeah. You're adding color. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean when it, it makes things easier. It gives you more, gives you more energy to go through the hard times because you know that there's like a bigger vision. I, I keep on almost wanting to say purpose, which I don't feel like is the exact same thing, but it just gives you the courage is the wrong word. The in, more intestinal fortitude to yeah. slug it's, through the hard it's parts. It's the grit. It's well it's it's I think the word grit also implies energy to get through it, but it's one of the things I do when I do brand work uh, for soloists is I do bring up core purpose. And it depends on the person. Sometimes that core purpose is very broad in the sense of, you know, why they're here on earth and why they believe they're here on earth. And it's not my judgment, it's it's theirs. And I do that because it helps them be able to get comfortable that the business doesn't have to do everything that they want to accomplish in their life. Ah, good point. Mm -hmm. So I do view the core purpose as being different. Now, I've met people where they're really the same, where there's n almost no separation because that person is so wired to do X that they kind of can't help themselves. You know, like if somebody's wired as a teacher, you're probably teaching your kids, you're teaching your friends, you're teaching your neighbors. Thinking about your core purpose as a soloist um, is not an idle endeavor, but it doesn't have to get in the way of creating your vision for the business. It doesn't have to, people get all wrapped up in their, in their undershorts, getting stuck with that. And it's kind of like, put that aside, focus on the business and see how... I like your, you know, how can you apply creativity and wisdom to defining that, that path or that, that not, it's not a path. It's, no, a, it's destination. a destination. It's a destination because yep. the path is going to, is going to appear and you may go off path a few times. <laughs> right. So somebody comes to you and they say, uh, I, I don't have a vision or I don't need a vision or how do I figure out my vision or do I need a vision? And they need help with it. Do you have like a, a fancy Rochelle? worksheet that that you go through and it's like hey ask yourself this question ask yourself this question or is it more like with me I don't I don't push it I just kind of like over time when I'm working with someone I might come back to it and be like you know kind of seems like all of these things tie together in this they're all pointing in the same direction but they've just never connected the dots in the distance 
Well, you know me, I have a worksheet, a fancy Rochelle worksheet for just about everything. (laughs) Well, it's it's two different answers. So when I'm working one-on-one with a client where I'm doing all the brand work, I'm basically doing everything for them. And obviously we interact in that and it's theirs at the end. But um, in that case, I pull it out of what they give me and I give them some worksheets. Um, The vision one is pretty simple. It's those big overarching questions because I'm not really worried Um, And I I try not to have them get stuck on it. People can get stuck on vision stuff really fast. Yeah, that's funny. It's exactly what I just was saying. It's like, I just, if you don't have an answer, we just skip it. Yeah. And, but I'll, I always put it in the, in the, the brand brief. It's always in there. And for me, this is just how my brain works, but I have to tie that. I tie it to their values or, you know, what, what marketers would call attributes, because we're going to use those values to figure out how to market and brand them. And it ties into your point of view. And the point of view is maybe a little bit of the path to get to the destination, but it's more about your belief system or the guardrails on the path. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to swindle people out of their life savings in order to get to the shining city on the hill faster. My analog to that is like people like oh well I I would work with anybody you know I'm like well you can think of anybody you wouldn't work with like any industry you wouldn't work with and like oh yeah I can think of industries I wouldn't work with and I'm like okay and then they name a few and I'm like yeah I I can see that and then I'm like so you'd still you still think there aren't some industries that you'd rather work with and like oh well if we're talking about it like that then yeah they could work with anyone just sort of a guardrails thing it's very it's kind of related it's a little bit different but it's related but having, again, having a vision for, I mean, really having a vision either for your business or for like a bigger capital V, better world is going to help you with those kinds of more tactical day-to-day decisions. For me, the vision tends to be buried into the stories. You know, the stories that, that people, they may not share them fluidly like you know you go to some websites and you see somebody tell you their story about how they got into business and you're like bam that was good because it's because it's true right it's real and they've connected the dots for you and a lot of times it's really hard reading the label from the inside it's hard to know how those stories have contributed to where you're going right to the vision and so that's why one of the things that i find is it helps to connect the dots is if you start to think about the key stories that you, stories and experiences, let's call them experiences versus stories, but they, an experience can become a story. So it's those experiences you've had in your life, in your career, and I don't separate them. You look at all of them together and then see which things had the most influence. And it's, again, it's hard to do for yourself, but when you write those down and you, you tell yourself, I'm going to make a list, a sentence or two of all of the defining experiences that have happened to me in my life and in my career. I'm going to write them all down. I'm not going to show them to anybody. It's a private list. I write them all down. And then typically when I look at those, I can see a pattern. And there will always be two or three things that really stick out. And the thing is, it's the act of writing them down for the person that does it, that allows them to see it in a different way. And typically, the vision or the elements of the vision are there. They're in those experiences. Mm, Yeah, I would call them formative experiences. Yeah. 
Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. And how do you figure out what your formative experiences are? It's the, the things that you tell stories about. <laughs> or that you remember and you don't tell stories about because it, it was the opposite. They were painful. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's not just the good stuff. The pain that because great visions can arise from pain every bit as much as they can arise from joy and this positive experience. Mm, that yeah, you're right. That's true. I can certainly think back over my tenure on earth and think of a bunch of things that were formative that I don't tell stories about. <laughs> yeah, we all have them. We're They're like hoping there. nobody figures them out, right? I mean, it's not 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 necessarily embarrassing. It's just like I mean, maybe I guess I was about to say no one wants to hear it. Maybe people do want to hear it, but but certainly formative experiences that um, influence your worldview and the way you think things ought to be. Like I feel like vision is one of those times when I do allow you to use the word should. Yes, that's my get out of jail free card for the word should. Feel go nuts with should when you're creating <laughs> a vision, or ought to be, or you know the way that things ought to be, the way that things should be. And that's, I think that's a good time for should, but normally yeah. I'm very against that word. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the time that you get to create, that you get to create whatever you want. And there's power in that. So I think should, sh kind of should comes out of values, ultimately. So that, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a place that should is perfectly okay. It's also a place where you really want to test the shoulds, because maybe you've adopted a should that you don't have to. I can't immediately think of an example where we did finally uncover someone's vision and that there was anything that was out of alignment with it. It was almost like they were working as if they had one without knowing they did. I can't think of a single example where we've come up with, because it's almost like, well, let's look at all your behaviors and like how you, you know, spend your precious time and what does it all point to? And it all points to something. It's very common for it to point to something. Well, it's like, well, it's human GPS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I'll say one, you've, I know you've had this experience too. You've told the stories before, but when I'll say like, well, it seems to me like, you know, your vision is this. And they're like, oh, you're right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I would that love aha. that. Yeah. I would love it if the world yeah. was like that. Yeah. And it's, it's just hard to get that when it's just you, yourself, and I, it's really, you know, you, yourself, and you, I can't, me, myself, and I, you, yourself, and you, it's, it's harder to do that, but it's, it's there. And that's why the act of writing something down will really help you. And, you know, the other thing that I suggest is that you go away from it, leave it for a while, because what will happen is your subconscious, probably your conscious mind too, but you're going to soak on this for a while. And you're going to think of something that, you hadn't thought about in years, like literally years. And you're like, oh, I'd forgotten that story. And then, you, you know, you write that down. And sometimes those little things that come to you over, and this isn't something you necessarily want to spend months on, but I'm just saying come back to it at least two or three times and let it soak around for a few days or a week and, um, and see what you get. And it might surprise you. Yeah. Put the string in the sugar water and see what crystallizes. <laughs> I love that expression. Yeah, it's so great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just like visual. That and crab buckets. Speaking of visuals. Um, yeah. Yes, the crab bucket is so good. I don't feel like, I feel like fewer people know, like the crab bucket one is just so good, but I don't know. I've, I've had that one fall flat 
but anyway, folks, look up the crab bucket. Look look up what crabs do in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a definition of. Uh, uh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> Tangent is the opposite of what we want to talk about in this episode. What can we leave people with? What should they take away from this? What can they do if they want to take steps? I mean, I guess we've kind of laid it out, but if we could summarize it for them, I guess I would start by saying it's, oh, you don't have to have a vision today at noon. It's not critical. It's just really helpful. So maybe write down a few ideas, get some feedback from someone, maybe not friends, but like um, someone who you respect and like you think knows you really well and might have an outside perspective on you. Maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a mentor and maybe get some ideas if you're really, really stuck but write something down and sort of stew on it. Let it sit there in your notebook and see if all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh yeah. And then these sort of experiences and stories start popping to your mind. and You can kind of like add them to that page in your notebook and come back to it from time to time and be like, yeah, this is, I feel like at a certain point there's a click. It's not like, yeah, I guess this is pretty good. It clicks, like something clicks and you're like, whoa, yes. Yeah, until you get the click, don't stop. Yeah. Right. There's like a light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing too, I know we're summarizing, but let me just throw this out, is that there is also an answer if you know who you want to serve. If you're not quite sure what the mission is, but you know who your audience is, um, there, there are clues to the mission in there too. So it's, you know, if you decide to serve financial advisors serving the LGBT community, as an example, know what that means. So what do you want for them? What do you want to be different for them? What's the vision? I hate using a word to define a word. (laughs) What is that future state you want for that audience? Yeah, get that picture and that'll help you get Mm. to the, the big and small fees. Yes. Great. Well, I don't think we should belabor this one too much because it's one of those things that needs to percolate and and it's not like yeah. super urgent. But. Yeah, and it's it's not to there's no shame. <laughs> we do not want vision shame. Do not allow it to set upon you. Yeah, it's not a pressure thing. No. No, absolutely not. Great. All right, well that's it for this time around. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Michelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the business of authority. Bye. Bye-bye.